Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's your old pal Jerry, and you better now know because I'm starting the show. So if you thought it wasn't going to start, then, uh, well, folks, I, I got another thing coming for you. Hi. So, uh, didn't do a show yesterday. I, I mean, I just got maybe it's just because I'm at the end of the, uh, the, the the travel for the year, but man, I had an old man. Just meltdown as I was about to sit down and record this show. Boy, I just had this wave of like, I got to go take a nap. I'm tired. You know, getting in late, waking up early. But hell, what does that mean? Nothing. Nothing unless I get you the news post haste. ask you guys what the hell's happening with these Star Wars people like what is going on what is uh, regardless of what you think of these movies and I thought the main trilogy has been good uh, uh, you know the, 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 the other movies like Rogue One and Solo I, I thought have been bad but this like when, when Kathleen Kennedy first came in and it was like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to get this up to the Marvel level. We are going to make sure that uh, we have this main new trilogy. That's going to be seven, eight, nine. That brings us to the end of the fabled nine movie plan that George Lucas had. Right. And God knows exactly how much that's true, but that, that, Fulfills that promise, and in the meantime, we'll flesh out our universe with all these other films. And man, J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and that's the list of directors that have successfully completed their movies without being fired while the movies were still shooting or taken off before they even begin. And the latest are David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. They, the masterminds behind Game of Thrones, they are now no longer going to do their own Star Wars trilogy. And and it just kind of seems like Star Wars, because it is the property that it is, and it's so influential, not only in terms of the money that it can make, but also that it was, you know, like, all right, here, let me, let me put it this way. Only X amount of people that work in Hollywood were comic book fans. But I would say 80% of people in Hollywood 
have warm feelings towards Star Wars. They liked the original trilogy or they liked the the prequels as kids. There's just something in Star Wars that they want to be a part of. And so they have their take of everybody. But why can't they make these people make good things? It's either got to be bad hiring or bad management or inconsistent management. The only thing that I look at this and have a silver lining on is allegedly Kevin Feige of Marvel, who knows? I mean, for everybody who's tried to build a Marvel clone, they have failed universally. And by that, I, I'm also including when Universal Pictures tried to do their uh, a classic monsters Marvel Cinematic Universe. Except for Kevin Feige, who is the guy who built it, the guy who does it, the guy who knows it, knows how to build a system wherein quality movies keep getting pumped out. I'm not saying they're the greatest films on earth, Scorsese. I'm just saying that they are good films. That's what I like about them. I go there and I enjoy myself at the movies. I'm rewarded for my previous attention. I am teased toward new possibilities at the end of them. I enjoy the movie. So the only hope is that this is partially because Kevin Feige is is either explicitly or implicitly taking the reins for the Star Wars franchise. And that all these decisions are going to now go through him on some level. I mean, who knows if I'll have enough time or if he can delegate or whatever, but like, Jesus Christ. You know, it's not like Marvel's never fired people. Uh, and they've even taken people off movies here and again. But, you know, for every one of those, there's directors that have tremendous creative leeway. News! I got to read this review to you. This one comes from thetakeout.com. All right, it's a Yelp review. And I, I I don't even want to read the, the well, here, here we go. Uh, from December 2nd, 2019, a dramatic reenactment of this, what I consider to be quite possibly the greatest Yelp review of all time. I'm giving one star because of the cheap management and customer service. I heard the food was very good, so I went to try. Me and my boyfriend got the calamari, spaghetti, alio olio, and gnocchi. All were very delicious. I was actually so impressed that when the manager came to ask us how everything tasted, I told her it was some of the best Italian food I've ever had, and I told her I'm going to post about it on Instagram, where I have over 11,000 followers, a lot of them in the area. She seemed very happy about it. I was wrong i thought she would be grateful for the free advertising but when the check came there was literally no discount at all i thought at least one of the entrees would be taken off but they didn't even take off the calamari or the drinks i won't go back here because of this which is a shame because the food was very good the manager needs to understand 
how to trade customers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would like to petition Yelp to just have a customer service section. Give me just, is your review about customer service? And then just section it off. Just make it food and customer service. Because I hate it. Hate it when I'm searching Yelp and I'm trying to look for something. If I'm on the road and I'm just looking for good uh, uh, food. And by the way, in general, I'm always going to assume that if you're bitching about the customer service that you're a touchy butthole. I'm just going to. I'm just going to. Because, like, I've had horrible service. Horrible service at restaurants. And if I love the food, it would not affect my review of it. The review would be about the food. Unless the food was also trash. In that case, you can bitch about the customer service. But that is next level. Come on. Complaining that you didn't get a entree proactively comped. What a whiny little baby. We end today from the world of sports. I mean, was this so hard? Was this so hard, NCAA? I'm asking you, was it so hard? Was it so hard to make this decision? In a thunderous and calamitous moment for all of amateurism, how will we ever be able to watch college football or basketball again now that the NCAA is clearing the way for athletes to make money off their names, images, and likenesses? If you're not a sports fan, that might come as a bit of a shock to you that players that are of such prominent position in gigantic $100 million television deals have not only received none of that money, they've also been unable to sell their rights or sign an endorsement contract with sneakers, refreshments companies, whatever. They can't do anything. They can't take money to be on the local radio show that's broadcasting out of a Bennigan's next to your house. They can't do anything. They get exactly the amount of money that they are paid for by the university, and that is it. I mean, without getting into some, like, <laughs> racially charged language, it is a travesty, has been a travesty for a long time. And here's the funniest part about it. The funniest part about it is that, uh, for those of you who are unaware... This is something that has been fought about on talk radio for longer than I've been alive. I'm pretty confident. I don't know when the first the pay the pay the kids segment was done on sports radio, but I'm 36 and I'm fairly confident that it might have happened before I was alive. This has been a hobby horse for some people for a very 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 Long time. That's not the funny part. This is the funny part. No one's going to talk about this again. You're going to get the the odd 
oh, look, this middle schooler uh, is is probably going to sign a, a, a deal with Nike or something like that. Because really, the other big thing is, is that I don't know if it's if like high schools hold to the idea that you can't take money from some people. And they certainly don't have the overarching arm. School boards don't have the overarching arm to investigate this kind of stuff. But if the NCAA is out of the picture for taking money from companies that is also probably taking money from boosters, because by the way, here's the other thing is that in college football and basketball to a certain degree, it, you know, good teams stay good. Good players go to good college football programs uh, because they have very, very rich people that are around those programs that want to see their team do good. So they paid these kids under the table. Well, guess what? All these car dealership owners, all these hedge fund guys, guess who's going to find out what, like, oh, just, you know, sign me an autograph. Here's $2 billion. It legalizes all the dark money, which is good because we should probably know a little bit more about it. Also, we won't because people will keep that stuff under the radar. And now that they don't have to hide it, hide it. No one will be able to kind of look for it in that same way. Nobody will care. And that's the funniest part about it is that we've gone decades caring very much. And just like that, it's gone. All right, we got a double helping for you today. The Gen, non-specific rock and roll, Martian Stephen, Will, James, the OG Brito, Will, Chris, Dustin, Robert H., Brian C., M., Trey, the Melodica Man, Adam, Middle-Aged Mike, and Harry Lee Smith. If you want to email me, it is jurydaily at gmail.com. Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat is at Justin R. Young. I want to thank the stalwarts of the Jury Stories Discord. They're the folks who get us what you need every single morning. NCAA story was opened by you. Uh, the Yelp story was from P. Lizzle, and Star Wars came from today's T. Ken. Till tomorrow, is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky, but more importantly, please don't Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>